we've got a surprise update on one of the most prized right shoulders in all of Cleveland sports. What, you thought I was going to talk about Cal Quantrill forever? He's already out of the news cycle. Uh, no, we actually have a lot to talk about in today's Lockdown Guardians. The aftermath of yesterday's 40-man moves. Where in the world you're going to be able to watch the Guardians baseball on TV the next couple of years and how that's going to impact the team and some coaching moves that we should see soon. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Justin Latta. Before we get things rolling today, I want to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets for any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Uh, by now, you might have noticed Jeff Ellis not with me today. He's uh, out sick. I can confirm that it is not a cat-related illness slash injury, or can I? If you're watching on YouTube, I don't know. Well, I wish Jeff the best. We'll get him back hopefully here soon. Uh, get over that. We actually have a lot to get into today, and I'm sorry Jeff's not here because uh, things are moving quickly, or they're moving uh, in an interesting direction, and I got to be honest, none of it's good. I don't know if I love it. Um, very quickly, you... If you uh, haven't been here before this on Fast Channels, I'm Justin Latta. Uh, you can get our podcast everywhere. You can get podcasts when we're free everywhere. And we're on YouTube. Actually, while we're talking about this, we are super close to 2,000 subscriptions on YouTube. So if you can uh, share with a friend if you like the podcast, if you want them to hear more about Guardians Baseball, if they're into that kind of thing, please help us. We are super close to 2,000 subscriptions on YouTube. And uh, we'd love to get there before the start of the new season, really before the start of the new year. So if you could help us out there, we'd appreciate it. If you're not subscribed, take the time to, to click and do so or share with a friend to get them to subscribe uh, with us. All right. So very quickly, then, uh, we already know that obviously the Cal Quantrill's off the roster. Cleveland has seven days to trade him or put him out, other team claim on waivers or whatever number of things you can do when you put a guy, when you DFA a guy. Um Chris Antonetti met with reporters over Zoom today to, I should say on Wednesday, uh, to kind of go over what the situation is and and uh, how they arrived at these decisions. And, you know, basically said that at this point of the offseason where they are, they felt like they could put the potential arbitration figure that Cal Quantrill was due, which was roughly about $6.6 million, they felt that could be allocated in a better spot. Um, and he's not wrong. I mean, Cal, Cal has, uh, you know, we talked about this yesterday a little bit and, and Jeff's tweeted about it. He is not a pitcher that really has traditional stuff that you're looking for right now. And there's a lot of variance in his profile because he doesn't miss bats and he pitches to contact and there could be a lot of aggression coming for him. And he already had a rough year and the injuries were there with him too. Um, you know, really a lot of this comes down to as well as is it's going to be money. And I hate to say it because I know we're going to have a lot of people talking about the one's cheap. This team, this team can't spend money, yada, yada. And like I said yesterday, it's, it's hard to disagree with that. It's hundred percent true. It's very hard to disagree with that right now because uh, we're going to get into the Bally's TV money situation uh, later on in the show. Um, but it all ties to this right now. 
this franchise and a lot of other franchises are going to be cutting back payroll. They're going to be batting down the hatches a little bit until this TV money deal is all sorted out and teams can have an idea of where that's all going to come from. So there's a very financial element to this Cal Quantra situation. And because they didn't trade him, they were trying to trade him. They said they had conversations before they didn't get something done. Now they'll, they're hopeful to get something in the next few days. And what this does is, as we said yesterday, Jeff said this buys them a little bit of time to make a deal um, and create the roster spot. And Chris Anthony said they didn't want to lose another player off the 40 man roster. They didn't think they were going to tender Cal Quantrill contract uh, at the deadline anyway. So might as well just do it now. Um, it speeds the process up a little bit on trade. You know, it, it, that creates a little bit of sense of urgency of other teams who might, may or may not have been interested in trading for him. So I guess creating a little bit of sense of urgency to get something done helps them out a little bit. So they're not just sitting around and rate it waiting. Um, but I don't know if it's going to happen for sure. He may with the way the off season's going, somebody may not want to pay him $6 million. Cleveland certainly didn't. And I don't know, maybe our team won't either. So I guess we're going to find out, but there's a lot of implications to yesterday's moves that we still need to get into um, the whole Shane Bieber thing. So this is really, you know, we talked yesterday about the depth and whether or not you can train Shane Bieber or not. And I think he's going to get about 12 million in, in, in arbitration. I'd have to go back and double check on that number. Um, by the way, I want to go back to Travis Sawchuk on the score in front of the show um, cited cable revenue uh, uncertainty is one of the reasons they DFA Cal Quantrill. And there's about 11 teams that are facing uncertainty this offseason. So this all plays in. But um, the real big thing here is, you know, we talked about Cleveland possibly trading Shane Bieber this offseason because he's going to be a free agent next year and you want to get something for him now. And maybe you can make a trade where you get something back that helps you in 2024. But now that you've traded, you've gotten rid of Cal Quantrill and it makes it a little bit harder to trade Shane Bieber. And as I said yesterday, if the right trade pops up that can help them in 2024, I think Cleveland would do it. But as Jeff stated too, and I agree with him, I don't know if that trade's going to exist. I don't know if someone's going to give you enough to help you in 2024 to be blown away to make that deal, especially not in the situation they're in right now. But this really impacts their flexibility during the offseason, right? Because um, now look, they're sitting on a bunch of <laughs> infielders that we have no idea what they're going to do with. You know, are you going to play Gabby Arias at short next year? Tyler Freeman, is Andres is playing second? Is Juan Brito going to force the issue? Who's what are you going to do with all these infielders? So they could still make a move there. You have Brian Rocchio who needs, who needs a shot. All that could still happen, but they haven't found a trade for those guys over the last couple of off seasons when they've been trying to do it in the first place. We'll see if teams maybe pivot towards cheaper options now with the TV money being up in the air. But Shane Bieber kind of represented one of those players on your roster that if you did make a trade of him this offseason, and if you could get something back that could help you in 2024 um, and, you know, another piece or whatever, you know, that was a way for this team to improve or try to change the roster up a little bit, maybe go out and find an outfielder, you know, make, find a trade partner that has a surplus in the outfield, like a Baltimore or whoever. And, and I don't know if this trade would have ever surfaced, but you know, now it's a lot harder to do. You you've lost that piece of flexibility. If you, if Cleveland decides that, they're going to retain Shane Bieber and maybe DFA and Cal Quantrill goes into the ability to pay his salary now because you decided we'd rather spend the money on six of that, you know, 6 million going to have to Shane Bieber's arbitration figure for his final year than pay it to send it on Cal Quantrill, which I certainly understand, even though Shane Bieber, um, 
has had his issues as well. But now, you know, you've sort of taken the option of trading him off the table. At least you've lessened the odds of doing so. And that hurts this team's flexibility going into the offseason. That feels like it's one less move this team can make. It's one less chip you have to try to rework this roster and to find better hitting and, and get something for Shane Bieber now rather than wait till the season starts. Like this is one piece of off your chessboard of the offseason possibly. I'm not saying it's hundred percent off the table because you can never say that, but it definitely feels like it's a move they are less likely to make now than they were before the Cal Quantrill news. And that just really limits what they can do this offseason because they're probably not going to be going and spending in free agency. They're probably not going to be adding a lot of payroll. Um based on this move. Like you can already sit there and see that payroll is probably going to be repeated. I think right now, I think Zach Meisel said it's going to be projected about 85 million based on who's coming back, based on our figures, all that stuff. So I don't see them adding a whole lot into that. And what other impacts is that going to have on the roster? Because the one other area I look at right now that I don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing is the Ramon Laureano situation. He's projected to be in the $6 million range for arbitration as well. And he played fairly well when he came here last year. And look, he's always hit lefties. He's a great defender. He runs well. He does a lot of things you'd like to see in your fourth outfielder. Um, but based on the fact they weren't willing, they felt like they could allocate money better from Cal Quantrill or somebody else. And maybe doing this helps them keep Ramon Laureano. Maybe. I don't know. But the thing that I feel like is the issue with Ramon Laureano is that they're paying Miles Straw that that big that contract. It's not a big contract, but it's big. It's bigger now, and it hurts more now, based on what they're paying and what they're not getting from Miles Straw. And what they could they could get everything they need from Miles Straw from Ramon Laureano, truthfully, and they could have much more roster flexibility, more payroll flexibility. Not that that ever really existed in Cleveland. Let's be honest; they don't really have a lot of payroll flexibility. They really never have, but they they are losing some flexibility because of the Miles Straw deal because they could get what they need for Straw and Laureano, and they could open up the roster. But this Miles Straw deal now hurts a little bit more given their current financial situation. And maybe maybe this won't be their financial situation forever. It might just be this way for the next couple of years. But the, the fact of the matter is TV money is changing completely. So that money that was there that was guaranteed is totally going to be up in the air, and it's going to change. The figure is going to change. It's going to change how all teams operate. It's going to change how the Guardians operate, which already was – small budget. And I know what everyone's going to say. That's going to piss them off. And I'm sorry that we have to have this conversation. I don't like it either because I don't like those comments because it takes away from talking about the actual baseball team. And it, you know, this is just the truth of the matter right now. So we'll see how things change over the next couple of years with TV money and um, stadium updates, which we're going to talk into as well. But I kind of wonder now, like, will they hang on to Ramon Laureano? Will they decide to a non-tender him and try to bring him back on a cheaper deal or figure out what they can do with him? Um, because, it's the same cost as Cal Quantrill. Do they really want to pay Miles Straw's contract and Ramon Laureano's arbitration figure? Um, I don't know. It makes me question it. I'm hoping they hang on to Ramon Laureano. I think he's a useful piece, but I have to question now whether or not they will because he's getting close. He might get close to the same money Cal was going to do, was going to make. And do they want to open their options to be able to maybe move that money elsewhere? And if they didn't have the Miles Straw contract hampering them right now, um, would they be able to be have a little more flexibility for like what flexibility represents for this team? Um, maybe we'll see. All right, I still want to talk about more aftermath of the forty man roster moves yesterday. We'll get into the TV situation. We'll get into some coaching situations. We'll get into that very important 
shoulder update of one of the most prized right arms in Cleveland. Stay tuned. Well, before we get into that prized right arm uh, on the Guardians, let's talk about that prized right arm on the Browns that is going to change the money line this week on FanDuel. You can still score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a $150 bonus bets with winning any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, if you haven't yet, it's a good time to get in on the action. Uh, if you don't want to do the money line, I would not recommend on the Browns. I said yes, I don't recommend on the Browns because they were favored. Eh, things have changed a little bit now, so maybe recheck that money line, or maybe 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 consider that money line bet on another game. Um, I think there's some pretty good matchups. I think we have, uh, I think Arizona and Houston plays this this weekend, and got CJ Stroud and Kyler Murray. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, the app is easy to use, so if you don't want to do money line, you got spreads, player props, over unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Before we get into more of the um, money and 40-man aftermath, I want to let you know Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for your 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with local experts all around our network on Lockdown, plus our national shows that cover every league, so if you want more of uh, a thousand foot view of all these teams that you're listening to, the Guardians or Major League Baseball, uh, go to Lockdown Sports Day on YouTube. Subscribe for the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's Lockdown Sports 24-7. Uh, all right. So we talked about the Miles Straw deal holding Cleveland back a little bit. You know, now we have to question, are they going to get extensions done this offseason? Like the Tanner Bobby one, Jeff already said, probably don't bet on it in this offseason. Now I'd bet on it even less. Um, what additions can they make? Can they take on payroll? We don't know. Uh, let's let's see what happens with the Lerone Laureano thing. I really don't know how that's all going to play out. Um, we will see. I, I I I didn't think before this they were going to be active in free agency. The Cal Quantrill situation makes me think they they will less. Maybe maybe they will re. That's the hope they reallocate this Cal Quantrill money into an actual. Um actual addition or an actual upgrade to this team somewhere. Um, it's going to, someone's going to have to be in pitching depth. I don't know if they're going to spend any real money on pitching depth, but they're going to have to acquire some obviously. And Chris Anthony, you know, did acknowledge the fact that they were going to have to find some pitching depth, that they liked the, some of the guys they have now. And he acknowledged they had 14 starters last year, which uh, isn't great, but uh, he acknowledged they're going to build some depth. They just liked who they have at the top. And, and I, we do too. It's just, it's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of upside, but there's a lot of uncertainty. So I don't know what what all additions you can expect this offseason now, but it's fair to question what moves will be made. Look, there is still promise on this roster, right? There's still good pitching. Um, you've got Bo Naylor. You've got – I like Betancourt as a backup. I like David Fry being around. I feel good about Andre Jimenez. You feel good about what you're getting from Jose Ramirez. Um, Stephen Kwan is, is a, you know, a productive major league player who you can start every day. If, you know, you wish you had guys that were better than him, not that he can't start, but guys that, that didn't make him the best outfield on your roster right now. But there are pieces here. Um, Cleveland just kind of get creative. They're going to have to get creative in how they do this. And Jeff and I talked about this. So what you can expect, we're going to have a show this offseason. We're going to have episodes all offseason long talking about trades they can make with every team. So we'll probably look at all 29 teams and see, 
how Cleveland can get creative and how they can make a trade with other rosters and see what they can add that way. So we'll talk about even the AL Central teams. I don't know. We'll see if Cleveland will make a deal with an AL Central team. All right. Promise you an update on a shoulder. The shoulder of one Daniel Espino, who is now a member of the 40-man roster. So Chris Antonetti in meeting with reporters uh, over Zoom on Wednesday after the aftermath of the uh, the 40-man deadline deals and moves. Um, So he somebody was asked about Daniel Espino, and he said that right now, he is uh, recovering well. There's no timetable right now for anything with him. They're not, you know, trying to rush things. Obviously, we already said they're going to be super conservative with him. Um, currently working on a plyometric uh, plyo program, which is those those plyometric balls that they use. Currently not throwing off the mound. Currently not in a throwing program. They hope he progresses to one here soon. But again, he said there's no timetable. So um, as of right now, Daniel Spino not throwing off a mound, not throwing bullpens. I don't believe he's playing catch either. Um, so maybe he is playing catch at the least. I don't know. But he did say plyometric program, which is those those plyometric balls that, that you see them use, those uh, weighted balls. So there is that. Um, yeah, no timetable for Daniel Espino's return right now. They're going to be super conservative about it. So that, that really makes you think that uh, you're not going to see him probably until – I would be surprised to see him in a affiliated game. I could see him staying in expanded spring training – and working on stuff. If he's back in an affiliate pitching by May, I think that'd be great. I, that's that's really where I'm at right now. If it happens before, that'd be surprising. If it if it if it is back by May, it feels good. And then anything later, I would also expect that too. I'm just saying. I I I think May is optimistic right now. I think June is probably more realistic. So that's where they're at with Daniel Espino. Um, okay. So very quickly before we get into uh, TV stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about Cade Smith. Yes, we didn't get a chance to talk about him in too in-depth yesterday about him being at it. We talked about the story. We talked about him being an undrafted free agent who probably would have been drafted in 2020 had he not had the, had the draft not been reduced to five rounds. So that hurt him a little bit. We talked about his story and making the 40-man roster. Let's talk a little bit about Cade Smith's arsenal. So um, what, he, how, what he can bring to the bullpen. So this is a tall, lanky guy. He's got a deceptive delivery. Uh, he's 6'5", 230. Big dude. Very big dude. Um, have to like the experience he got in the World Baseball Classic. I forgot to run over the irony yesterday of uh, Cade Smith getting added and, and Cal Quantrill being off the roster. Uh, the pair were teammates on the WBC and on Team Canada. Uh, I know probably learned a lot from, from Cal Quantrill. Other guys, too. So Cade Smith's got a three-pitch mix, basically. He's got a, a four-seamer, a slider, and he throws a splitter now. That's that's kind of a not a new pitch for him, but it's kind of a new pitch and Cleveland worked with him during the season to kind of alter his uh, pitch mix and, and you know, the uh, usage rates and all those pitches. Uh, like I said, I, he reminds me a lot of Trevor Steffen. Trevor Steffen had some control issues in the minors too. Uh, we saw some of those kind of surface in the 2023 season at times. Uh, Kate Smith, super similar. I mean, they're the same. I think they're the same height. Roughly the same way. Cal's, I think uh, Cade's a little bit, no, they're about the same. They're about the same body build. Okay. I think Cade's a little bit lankier though. So yeah, he's got the splitter now, which which should be a, a really good pitch for him. The slider has been a good pitch for him. The fastball, he can get up to the upper nineties. Um, it has some, some arm side run. It's got some, some rise on it. Rising fastballs are starting to be a little bit less effective. We can talk about that later in the off season and the data on that and, uh, what's happening there, but uh, still upper nineties fastball is good out of the bullpen. You always like that. You always like the ride on it. 
Um, the splitter should give him – he should have two secondary out pitches. I think those are two pitches he can limit damage with. He should miss some bats with those. He's done a good job of that. Um, the control really is the big thing for him, and, and some of that is also working out um, usage rates on his pitches and what he's learning. Um, so I think Smith probably projects more as a, a seven. He kind of projects in the role that, that Trevor Steffen had when he first got here as a, a role five pick. You know, he was kind of a guy who, um, I don't want to say he was a mop up, but he kind of wasn't rule five and that's not what Smith can be, but he is going to be young and a rookie, obviously coming in the 2024. I, I expect you'll see him at some point because you're going to need to shuffle relievers and guys get injured. So he'll hopefully if he's healthy, he'll be up at some point this year in 2024 and really going to be a sixth or seventh inning. I don't know if he'll be a seventh inning guy this year, but that's who he kind of projects as. I could see him being a, a seventh inning guy here in the future, maybe a little bit more, but I think that's a pretty safe role for him. Ends up being one of those second guys out of the pen that can help you push towards the back end of the bullpen. You'll probably see him in a role where he's pitching in games where they're down a run or two or or even games their way out of. Um, I don't expect him to break camp on the, on the 26-man roster. I know I saw some people talking about that. I don't see that happening, but uh, I do think he'll make his debut in 2024. I don't think that's controversial or anything, but I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I do think there are some some makings there of a Trevor Steffen type reliever who, you know, got a contract. He earned it. And even though he took a step back a little bit in 2023 because he had some uh, some uh, inconsistencies in his effectiveness, that's that's power for the course. And and Smith will probably have some of that too in his rookie year. But um, what, what Steffen was able to do in 2023, I would not be surprised to see Smith kind of come close to a similar path, even if it's not the same level of impact, it's going to be close. Um, but so excited for him. I do want to talk about some of the guys that didn't get out of the 40 man roster, but I did want to do that with Jeff when we have both of us on here. Um, if there's time today, I might throw run through some of those names, but I might save that for when Jeff and I are back together on the show. Um, and just cause we're kind of deep into this point and we go, I still have a couple other things to talk about. Uh, I might throw some of it in at, at the end here. If I have time, we'll see. Um, but we still got to talk about the TV situation, the money there, what's going on there, and some coaching updates. So all that coming up here on Lockdown Guardians. All right. So <laughs> things were already getting weird with this TV situation anyway. Um, Bally's is already saying, the Diamond Sports Group who owns Bally's, they're already saying they want out of the um MLB streaming offering you know games contracts for games and um broadcasting major league baseball games on TV so after 2024 so they're already saying they're not going to be broadcasting games after 2024 so anybody who's got to deal with Bally's right now um after 2024 is going to need a new TV partner i think that's 11 teams i think Travis Sawcheck again, pointed a lot of this out. The Twins, the Padres, the Rangers, um, Cleveland. There's a bunch of other teams out there who have uh, contracts with Bally's that are, are tied to Diamond Sports that have some revenue uncertainty now. Well, there was an update from The Athletic today from uh, Evan Trellick on the Diamond Sports Group, and it sounds like the Diamond Sports Group and Bally's wants to drop the Rangers – and the Guardians from 2024. So not only not only was Cleveland going to need a new contract after 2024 anyway with a new TV partner, 
they may need to find a new host in 2024 itself, uh, where baseball is going to be broadcast to Cleveland sports fans. I have no idea. This is going to get, hopefully all this plays out in, in the courtrooms over the off season and they can go into spring training knowing where you can watch games. I, I certainly need to have that certainty in my life too. Um, but the quote from the lawyer was our intention is to broadcast almost all of our major league baseball teams next year. There are a few, very few we do not have agreements in place for. And frankly, at this point are too expensive for us to broadcast without concessions. I am told those discussions are taking place. There have been reach outs to both teams involved and both those teams are expected to be the Rangers and the guardians and uh, cleveland.com reported that the guardians received 55 million in 2023 from Bally sports. The Rangers received 111 million. So big, big difference there in TV money. And look, TV money was all where it's at for all these years that money was being spent in baseball. Everybody said this money, this revenue, this spending is coming from TV money. It's not coming from ticket sales. The good thing for the guardians is ticket sales were up last year. Um, Whether or not that translates into what they do with the payroll, if that can offset some of the TV losses, I don't know. Uh, The 55 million definitely, definitely is less than what they were supposed to get. I think they're supposed to get a lot more than that. Um, you know, Major League Baseball had to take over the Padres broadcast because they were dropped from Bally, and they had to pay, I think, 80% of the TV contract to the Padres that was supposed to be promised from Bally. So San Diego only got 80% of that, which, you know, might have played a part in – them having to go get that short-term loan that everybody was up in arms about, but they didn't get their hundred percent of their TV money. They were promised because that deal got pulled from them unexpectedly after all this happened, they didn't know. And now the guardians don't know. And, and Chris Anthony to his credit said like, you know, we, we are it's still up in the air. We don't know how to account for it. Um, you know, he certainly didn't directly say, I mean, he did Travis Ochick says, uh, it was the uncertainty is a reason in the Cal Quantra move. It's going to affect how they, they plan this off season. You know, he told Zach Meisel that, uh, they don't have a, a framework for payroll this, you know, right now they're not saying so publicly, they continue to say that, but obviously they know what they can and can't spend this off season. But, um, as I stated a couple of solo shows, a few, you know, a few weeks ago, TV money is running out and I'm not saying it's running out in baseball, but it's changing and Cleveland may get $0 from Bally's in, in 2024 from, from Diamond Sports Group, right? They may get $0 from them. Uh, they'll get some money from somebody somewhere. I don't know. So the original deal was that Major League Baseball was going to foot some of the money owed in that TV, in those TV contracts from Bally and Diamond Sports Group to the teams that were impacted by this. Um, they agreed to that for 2023. They did not go as far to say that they would do that in 2024. So even if Cleveland does get dropped by Bally and Diamond Sports Group for 2024, um, right now, as of right now, we have no guarantees from Major League Baseball that they're going to commit to make up to the, make up for those financial losses, um, and or what percentage they would do it at. There's no guarantee at this time. That could change. Um, we'll have to see how this all plays out. But those are only the two teams cited, so I don't know what Major League Baseball is going to do there. And you don't know where you can watch games. I don't know where you can watch games. It's a mess. This is why this is not good, though. I mean, this is this is the whole issue. TV, the TV bubble, the TV money bubble has popped in baseball. It's you got money from the national contracts, and the local stuff is is very up in the air. It's a mess. It's not good. And this is why I said a few weeks ago, these ballpark renovations, the real estate projects, the the ballpark village concept, 
that we keep hearing about with, with David Blitzer. That's why he was brought in to do this stuff. And that's what he wants to do. That's why that's the future of revenue for Cleveland and for the guardians because the TV money is popping. It's gone. It's, it's, you know, even, even if Cleveland does find a new TV partner next year, which they obviously will somehow, uh, whatever money that ends up being will be less. Like they already only got 55 million to begin with. Uh, nobody, you know, there's probably nobody out there who's willing to give them a higher contract than that for a TV deal next year, because they see that the, that the, uh, the cable cutters are cutting into this and carriage fees are expensive because you've got, you know, money grubbing, uh, YouTube TV and all these other streaming services that want to want these uh, places to pay an arm and a leg to carry their, uh, their, their, their broadcast, their content. And they turn around, they turn and they, you know, put that on the subscribers and the subscribers data and they pull the, they pull the plug on their subscription. So it all, it all connects together. It's a mess. It's a, it's a greedy business. It's a crappy business and it, it's, you know, crappy consumerism. So the TV money just isn't going to be there. It's going to be less than it was in the past. And that's why I keep saying the ballpark village thing is super crucial because if they make this work, um, it, it brings an extra source of revenue. I think that's why they're focusing on this. So that's a few years away. This whole thing is a few years away, but that's why it's so important. And TV money ain't going to be what it used to be um, in major league baseball. And that's, you know, this could impact the guardians for a couple of years. We'll see what happens, but uh yeah, this is a team that already didn't spend a lot of money. I know what you're going to say. The Dolans have a lot of money. They should spend them anyway. But the, the reality is none of these people are spending their money. You know, Peter Seidler, who just passed away from the Padres, different breed. We don't have a lot of those guys, unfortunately. And and these people don't spend their money. Um, they spend it based off revenue. That's the reality of, of how things operate. You'd love to see somebody who has a little more revenue to spend, but the revenue is the revenue and you got to be able to bring it in. All right, so really quickly before we get out of here on today's episode, Demarlo Hale uh, came was going back to Toronto. He is their associate head coach rather than come back to Cleveland as their uh, bench coach next year because of some bad, I don't know about bad blood, but uh, certainly felt like he was passed over for the coaching op- or manager opportunity. So he goes back to Toronto, and he is kind of their fall guy now or fallback guy if they decide to can John Schneider next season, who was on the hot seat this year in Toronto. So Hale might be a step away from being a major league manager in Toronto. And then Chris Antonetti said on the call too with reporters after the 40 man uh, decisions that uh, they hope to have the coaching staff in place by before Thanksgiving. So that's next week. We should see the coaching staff filled out by then. They need a bullpen coach. They need a bench coach. They need a replay coordinator uh, and an infield coach. Like I said, I think John McDonald, doesn't sound like he's interested in that based on what Zach Meisel said. So I don't know if John McDonald will be the guy at third base. We'll see what happens there. Um, would not be surprised, though, to see Brad Goldberg promoted to the bullpen role. I'm, I'm pulling for him, but uh, we'll see what happens there um, in those roles. But you should hear by next week. All right, so we still have to do – we did our catcher review last week um, in 2023 for the Guardians. Catcher review, go back and listen to that. We have first base to go. We have third base. We, we're going to be doing some more positional reviews for 2023 coming up over the next several weeks as well. We talked about we're going to um, have a discussion about who the Guardians can trade for on 29 other teams. We're going to look at all 29 teams and uh, discuss who the Guardians can target in a trade. They have to get creative and do all that stuff. So we got a lot of stuff coming up uh, this offseason on Lockdown Guardians. Please stay with us. And again, we really appreciate you guys tuning in every day downloading, rating, subscribing, reviewing, all that stuff really helps. Help us get to 2K on YouTube coming up here. We're so close 
would love to get there by the new year. Thank you for tuning in and doing your part. Thank you for listening. All the kind words and go, go guardians, go.